ATR around the rink, the hottest podcast. I don't even know anymore, Chew. Where are we hot? Where are we hot these days? This side of the Red River. This side of the Red River. I love it. The good side. The good side. Right. How are we doing today, Chew? Doing pretty good. Uh, just got back from the dentist, but the uh, freezing's coming out, so it's doing well. We're doing okay. Nice. What'd you uh, What'd you get done? Filling. Uh, I had a, a piece of my one molar chip off about two weeks ago, and I uh, am so lazy about going in the dentist. I finally broke down and went, um, so I had to get that a filling replaced. So it's much much better. Nice. Well, don't do what I did. I uh, I had a root canal done a couple couple months back, and then I, I left it, left it, left it because I you know it's expensive to get the cap over top of the root canal, which already cost a lot of money. Long story short, didn't get it capped, broke the tooth, then got it refixed, had to wait again, didn't get it capped again, broke it a second time, then had to get it removed. I think I was in it for like four grand at the end of this thing, <laughs> just to lose the tooth at the end. So The doctor just like holding out his hand, the dentist, when you go in there, just like oh. holding out and say, thank you. You probably bought him a new car. Dude, when I come into the dentist, it's like they roll, it's like I'm at a, an award show. There's like a red carpet. People are pumped to see me because it's like, I live at the dentist. And here's the best part. Like I've had so much dental work done and, and I have nice teeth, but the dentist literally looks at me and goes, Hey man, you got beautiful teeth. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, too bad. They're in pain constantly. Like I'm glad probably, they look good. You probably get a golden toothbrush when you leave. I wish. Give me something. Yeah. It's like every time I go in there, it's turning into, you know, a couple thousand dollars. And like, I went in there the other day because I was like, now I'm paranoid, right? So I don't want to let anything go too long. So I felt a little, felt a little discomfort in one of my, my back molars. So I went in there just to get it checked out. Nothing wrong. Totally fine. Still in it for $130. <laughs> just for them to open up my mouth take an x-ray tell me i'm all good yeah. i'll just you know cashier check at the door are you an electric toothbrush guy or are you just like a regular one uh i'm not an electric tooth guy because i don't you know i think sometimes that it almost made my teeth too sensitive like it was like taking off the enamel oh i thought i was a life changer for me man really yeah you know what i am a big guy now because I learned my lessons from my past mistakes sometimes. Big flossing guy now. Really? Oh, I'm, I'm opposite of that. Yeah. Well, that's what started the root canal. I was brushing every day. I just didn't floss all the time. Well, now, I don't know if it's my old age or what, but, dude, I'm flossing like four times a day. I love that we're talking about dental <laughs> stuff for the first five minutes of the pod. <laughs> Well, Chu, let's talk some hockey because that's why people are tuning in not to hear about our dental care. Um, obviously, lockdown still going on. I believe today they extended it. Woohoo! They extended it to January 8th. So, uh, you know, that's great. But yeah, some word came out of uh, the BC Junior Hockey League that they are now, they have restrictions that they're not allowing anybody over the age of 18 to play in any organized sport. Why don't you tell me what your view is on this and if you think this is actually going to play out for the rest of the season? 
Well, first and foremost, anytime, you know, for me, anytime that you take away sports and, you know, during the winter, it's hockey for a majority of people, for young kids anyway, anytime you take that away from the kids, I don't like it. But, you know, I, uh, I understand there's people that are making those decisions that have to make those harsh decisions to, uh, you know, keep everybody else safe in the future and keep the people that are safe and in those areas that are sick and, you know, we're, we're going through this crazy time right now, um, but I don't like it at all. I think everybody uh, should be able to play, but I also see the reasoning behind it. But I, at the end of the day, I guess this my hockey culture, my hockey blood comes out. I want everybody to be able to play hockey anytime they have a chance. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, too. It's like I understand it, but the couple things that I didn't like was I heard this kind of came down because a beer league team travel to Alberta, uh, you know, a men's hockey. We're talking guys that are our age, travel to Alberta, and a bunch of guys got COVID when they came back. Uh, and then they, you know, they kind of looked at that and said, well, no more adults playing in, in sports. I hope that, you know, they're supposed to be meeting this week. I hope that they, they can look into this and see that maybe make a, a special request that 19-year-old and 20-year-old high-end hockey players can play with their hockey teams in the in the bc junior hockey league to me it's like i get when they do these rules but sometimes i think it's you can't blanket the whole thing you know there's got to be some people that are allowed to kind of not break the rules but special circumstances i guess yeah i know for sure and you know we i think both of us realize that there's people making those decisions that uh you know have put a lot of research to data you know all the studies that are done they're making those decisions for the right way. But I, both me and you, I think are on the same page. Just kids, just, we want as many kids, especially those 19 and 20 year olds, it's a critical, critical time for them in their, in their careers that are just starting off. They're trying to impress scouts from schools, from the WHL, from U sports, try and give them a chance to get an education, but continue to play hockey. Well, I feel sorry for the teams that, you know, there's always one or two teams that yeah. stacked a little bit older, 19, 20 year olds, trying to make a push for the Royal Bank Cup. Uh, you know there's going to be one or two teams in the BC Junior Hockey League that are going, we can't even really ice a full team right now. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, that's, there's always those teams that are, you know, making a run for it or have built up their programs where they've brought in younger players and now those are the older players and they've, you know, all stayed together to try and make a run, like you say, for a championship or you know, for a league title. So those are going to be some interesting, delicate times uh, when those is when that decision's made 100%. So too, right before we get to this interview, we have Carter Loney on the podcast today from the Sioux City Musketeers. People will know Carter. He was an RHA national. He played a little bit of time uh, last two seasons in Steinbach. And now he's uh, joining us on the podcast. Uh, but before we get to the interview, man. Breaking news? Breaking very breaking news. So last podcast, Triple Y threw out, I guess, a challenge to everybody to videotape themselves doing Shoot the Duck. And let me tell you, people, we don't always get the best turn turnout when we throw these competitions out. But we are proud to announce we finally got somebody to listen to the podcast who played and uh, let's announce it. Should we announce it right now? Do it right now. Let's hear it. Okay. So the winner of a rink hoodie, because he 
participated and listens to the podcast, uh, Bronson Ross. Wow. So Bronson sent in a couple videos. I believe it's on our website. Uh, but Bronson uh, sent us a couple videos of him doing Shoot the Duck. He was doing it. Jeez, he, he put, me to, put me to shame. He was doing it backwards, up and down, 180s into the Shoot the Duck. I mean, this guy, he brought his A game. Well, you know, one thing I like about that is that uh, Bronson's, uh, you know, he's been uh, through a lot of programs with uh, us here at the rink. He does a lot of... Uh, you know, individual ice times. I know his dad, dad's really involved in his development as well as his mom, but he's also kind of come up through the program where we're in season programs. You know, uh, he was with our R1 Laidlaw, and now he's an RHA student. And uh, it's really good that uh, he's spending, uh, you know, his uh, valuable extra time with his family listening to the podcast. Uh, it's really great to hear. Well, you know that his dad, Lonnie, was... You know, he's a part of the rink too. This guy, it's not, he's not just, you know, sending his kid to the rink. This guy actually participated in one of our programs. He was like in one of the first adult, uh, adult programs that we did at the, uh, the original rink. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. Know. So, I mean, I got to know Lonnie. I, I knew Bronson, obviously Bronson was a, uh, a young kid in, in all our programs, but I got to know Lonnie pretty good too. And he took our adult skills program and he participated in that for, Oh, geez, almost, I think, two or three uh, seasons. And then uh, and then was known to come out and uh, play some three-on-three hockey with the boys after. So uh, always nice to hear that uh, these guys are still obviously coming to the rink because Bronson's a part of the RHA Nationals. But uh, it's also nice to see that they're listening to the podcast. For sure. I'm, uh, you know, a little disappointed in some of the staff, though, that, like, uh, listen to our podcast. Or I guess maybe they don't listen now because I thought that, you know, maybe someone like Andy Zliniak or Brad Purdy or Rob Smith or, you know, uh, Kurt Keats or Jeff Boris, just like those guys that say they're such good skaters and they brag about their edge work and brag about all that. I thought those guys would have been able to go out and do it in an ODR somewhere. But I guess, you know, I guess Bronson was just better than those guys. Yeah, you know what it is, though? These guys, some of these guys that you mentioned, they'll, they'll listen to the podcast when they're on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then when they're not on it, they're like, oh, I'll skip. I'll skip this one. It's like when I used to be a hockey player, sometimes I'd skip leg day. You know? Yeah. So, well, here's the thing. Shout out to, we'll do another challenge to the rink staff. This can go any full-time staff, any part-time staff. If you can name all 31 interviews, the people we've had interviewed on the podcast, Chewy will buy you something out of his personal account. How about okay. me? Uh, how about those uh, those uh, those like little cameo pictures? Uh, the glamour shots that me and you did, we could autograph those and frame them and give them to them. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down with that. The only problem is everybody's scared of me when they see those pictures because they they don't know I have a bald head, and then they see it, it kind of spooks them. So. Maybe I'll get another, a different headshot made and we'll autograph it for someone who listens to the podcast. Sounds good. All right. Well, let's get to the podcast. We've got Carter Lonen coming up. Let's drop the puck. Welcome to the podcast. Former RHA National, Steinbach Piston, now playing for the Sioux City Musketeers, the U.S. Junior Hockey League. Please welcome to the podcast, Carter Loney. How are we doing, Carts? I'm good. Thank you for having me. 
Paul. We'd love to have you. We've been trying to get you on for a couple weeks now. So, Chu, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Little visit back from the dentist this morning. So hopefully my uh, my T's and T's and P's and all that sound correct. So oh, I don't think people notice the difference. Yeah, I know. Chewisms <laughs> will come out. That's right. So, Carts, uh, let's just talk a little bit uh, about what's going on with your life right now. I know that you... Uh, you were up in BC for a little bit. What what are you up to now uh, these days with the whole COVID lockdown? Not too much. Just trying to keep active. Um, I head down to Sioux City tomorrow, and then I'll start training with the team there and hopefully play this weekend with them. Nice. So as that uh, for Sioux City, have they been uh, they've been together for a while now? Did they get together in September, or did they kind of have to hold up due to? Uh, all the restrictions going on um by the sounds of it they kind of got started up right away like obviously for the I think the Canadian guys there they kind of just waited for like a few weeks but no everything seems to be running smoothly down there with them so when you go down there Carter, are you gonna have to uh you're gonna have to stay away from everybody for a little bit or are you gonna be able to join the team right away by the sounds of it, just talking with the coach and everything, it sounds like I'll just join them right away. Like I don't have to quarantine or anything, which is nice. What uh, What was the biggest, uh, you know, the decision, making the decision to go, like what was the biggest factor, I guess, I guess is the word is uh, for you going down the Sioux City. Was it this hockey or was it just that something that like you got together with your family or with your family advisor? What was the decision behind that? Um, it was just more so like the – the type of hockey they're playing down there and everything like the skill and all that so I feel like that just to like get better because I know next year I'll be going into college and I want to make an impact so I feel like going down there will give me the best like development in a way. So Cards, let's look back at your kind of your hockey career here why don't you take us through kind of where you started and uh, and kind of how you came about and became an RHA national. Yeah so the summer that the RHA first like started up and all that, I was moving here just because my dad's work. And then obviously when he was down here, he kind of found out about the program and all that. And then we kind of like jumped on that right away. And then I ended up playing with them for their first ever season, which was unbelievable. Who is, uh, who is your head coach? Uh, Brad Purdy was our head coach. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I was just going to say, I better back that up. Purge is a good coach, and you, you're probably lucky to have him. He probably taught you a lot. Yeah, no, it was really good. I know kind of like at that young age, development's like a huge thing. And I feel like just with him on the ice and all the rink staff, it kind of gives you – it's the best environment to get better, really. I was going to ask you what it was like playing for a guy like Brad. I know he's kind of a, a player's coach. Talked to a lot of uh, ex-members uh, of his teams, and they said it's pretty easy playing for a guy like that. What's it like playing for a guy that's played at a high level of hockey like Brad has? Um, it's like it's awesome, really, because like he brings all that knowledge and everything. So with a guy like that, like playing that that high level of hockey, it's really good to have him around there. Just you know, criticizing you, obviously, but it's. He wants you to get better, and he, at the end of the day, you do get better. So, so, Karts, let's look kind of, uh, you know, growing up, your, your dad played high-level hockey. He was drafted in 92 by the Vancouver Canucks. What's it like growing up in a household where kind of the same as having Brad as a coach? What's it like having a dad that played at such a high-level hockey? You're always getting criticized 
always getting criticized. There's always nitpicking your game apart. That's for sure. You know, you'll hear the good thing here and there, but I guess like, like any, anybody that has like parents or anything that played high level of sports like that, it's, they obviously want to support you and make you the best person you can be. So having him around has really helped me. I know he's been the guy that kind of like taught me the ropes of hockey and all that. So and he still does like to this day, I'll get long messages from him about how I played and all that. So it's good. I like it. You know, one, one question I've always wanted to ask guys that we have on the podcast that have dads that played at high level and like the level your dad has played at is like, how important was it your mom? I'm sure your mom was kind of a peacemaker at times and, but she probably played a pretty, pretty big role in your development as well. Yeah. Uh, she was obviously a pretty high athlete herself. So it was kind of like finding that perfect balance. Like my dad always kind of like nitpicking and all that stuff and kind of have my mom there, like, like the good job and all that kind of stuff. So it's a good balance for sure. So are you the type of player cards when you're uh, back when you were a kid riding home with your dad? I know we've all had a lot of dads that gave us some good advice on the ride home after a game. Are you the type of player that would take everything to heart kind of and listen to it to him or would you kind of be like, yeah, yeah, I kind of know and uh, kind of do it your own way? I mean, I kind of feel like after the game, you kind of have an idea yourself on how you played. And so I guess going into the car ride, you kind of have a, a picture of what's going to play out. But no, obviously you listen to it and you kind of like understand it and all that. But then after a few times of hearing it, you kind of go, yeah, 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 I get it, I understand. So, <laughs> yeah. So now that you're committed uh, to Minnesota Duluth, uh, why don't you take us through uh, that whole process, um, why you chose Minnesota Duluth, and if you've talked to any of their coaching staff over this uh, kind of time away from hockey. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of all started, like, I know I, my dad was really good friends with the former assistant coach, Jason Herter. So he kind of has been watching me since Bantam, really. And it kind of just led up. I talked to a few other schools and all that. And then they finally offered me a scholarship. And I know right away, like, that was a school I wanted to go to. Like, they had everything I wanted, like, big hockey school. It's a smaller school. Like, un like unbelievable team. They've won, like, two back-to-back -back national titles and all that. And it's just, like, a winning environment. So I feel like I'd fit in there well. What uh, what led you to the decision to go to uh, the NCAA? I know your dad went, um, but was there any uh, research or was there any, um, you know, decision or any looking into other like junior A, WHL or anything like that? Um, Not really. Like I was never a kid that really had like, I feel like at a younger age, a lot of the guys just kind of knew that what the WHL was like the major junior route and they didn't really have much about the NCAA and then obviously my dad played Ohio State he also played the first team for Red Deer so he kind of got a taste of both worlds and how it's like there so kind of always grew up like he was always like college 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 and then as I got older I kind of understood it more and like the way like where I am at my development you know I'm not a I'm not a big person or anything so I feel like those four extra years would really help my development is education something your dad's really pushed on you and your family in general's kind of pushed you? Yeah. Like I've always been told and pushed to do well in school because at the end of the day, you got to have good grades and good grades leads to a good job. So 
I think going to school for sure is a huge factor. What are you planning on studying at school? Um, I'm not too sure. I think I'll just like go into like a general business and kind of pick what I want to go into certain areas and through there. It's taking golf 101 shoe. <laughs> That'd be a great course. I could use it definitely. So Karts, you know, you've been training with us, not just with RHA, but you've been uh, training with us in the off season with the R1 program. I mean, I've been out on the ice with you many times. You're a highly skilled forward. Uh, what are some things that you kind of focus on in the off season and some areas of your game that you try to work on? Like through the off season, I like to work on like my lower body, just like becoming more explosive, you know, like a lot of skating and all that through your legs. So I find become a good skater you gotta have like powerful legs and have the right technique and I feel at the rink you know we go through like one or two weeks where we kind of focus on the mechanics of skating and all that so I feel like working through on that throughout the summer really helps me become faster and more explosive playing in Steinbach last year you you got your you know or last two years really uh you got your taste of junior hockey uh is that where you kind of saw that how important your skating was or was it something that you kind of focused on at a younger age I feel like just with my dad and everything it was kind of I wouldn't say I necessarily like worked on it a lot but it was kind of like I was always told like skating is like one of the biggest factors of the game nowadays like no matter how good you are yeah you have to be a good skater to make it to the next level so I feel like I kind of worked at a young age but then once I got like the taste of junior you kind of kind of opens your eyes at how fast guys are and strong so definitely motivates you to get better what are some areas that you uh, you think you're gonna have to like continue to work at to make sure like you said you want to make a big impact when you get to college and you know you're going to the ushl uh you know this year what are some things as you get through these different things uh, different leagues it's like some parts of your game that you're you know you're going to kind of have to continue to excel at to make sure you you're able to make that jump um i think skating is going to be like the hugest the biggest thing like as i think feel like personally that's my biggest strength so i was if i'm like flying around there and always in my feet i'll feel like i'll do pretty good but also guys are bigger and stronger so i feel like just having that ability to get stronger and like kind of hold guys off will also make a huge impact. So Karts, uh, playing in Steinbeck, you guys last year had a pretty good team and unfortunately uh, your season was cut short. Uh, you keep in touch with any of those guys from last season? Yeah, I talked to a few of them. I know Dylan Cassie, he's down in Minot State right now playing. So I talked to him quite a bit. And then Ty Nakins obviously recently just committed to St. Lawrence. So I talked to him quite a bit. I see him in the summer training at the rink. And then obviously Kyle Bettens, he's down in Omaha. I talk to him frequently. So I, t I stay in touch with a few of the guys for sure. It's never an easy way to end a season. Uh, maybe, you know, tell everybody kind of how your season ended last year and, and how you dealt with being on a team that was, you know, arguably, uh, you know, possibly going to win a championship and having it kind of end the way it did no I thought it kind of sucked in the way it ended but you know we kind of headed into playoffs we finished first in our league and we played the blues the first round and pretty sure we swept them so after we were looking forward to the second round I think it was that the day after our last game or the night of we found out that like it's most likely going to be done and all that so it kind of came out of nowhere and happened all so fast. And obviously 
for me being a younger player, I kind of like didn't realize how much of an impact it was. And then realizing like the 20 year olds, like that was their last go at it. So it was pretty emotional for the older guys for sure. At the the stage you are in your career decision that you, you know, you've had to make some big decisions here over the last six months of where your hockey career is going to go. Would you give any advice to some young hockey players that are going through this maybe some of the same things that you're going through, some decisions in the next couple of years upcoming in their careers? Um, I'd say go to like the spot you feel most comfortable and you're going to get the most development out of, honestly, you know, like if, whether it be like, I know there's like, if you go down to the USHL, there's some teams that kind of, I wouldn't say have like a really good skills coach or kind of focus on that development aspect. So it's kind of all finding the right place and the right fit for you. I know it took me quite a while to figure out where I wanted to go and what was the best fit for me. But I feel like development is one of the biggest things because you obviously everybody wants to make it to the next level. So if you're hammering that down and focusing on that, I think good things are going to happen. You're going to make the jump. So before you joined RHA uh, Cards, did you do much skill development before that or, or was RHA kind of your – kind of your first time seeing uh like a skills coach out on the ice with you uh rha was probably the first time that i ever like really focused on skills like all the mechanics and stuff like that so that was kind of eye-opening like just seeing how far you can break little things down and obviously playing three years there i feel like that was one of the best decisions i've made in my hockey career playing there for sure still keep in touch with a lot of the guys from that uh, inaugural season oh yeah like over half of them for sure or just about half of them i talked to a lot um you talked a little bit about it about decisions uh, i know it's always a big family decision with your dad's background in hockey i'm sure that he was a big influence on it but did you guys uh you know inquire about any other advice from like i know some hockey players get agents but i know in your situation the career path you wanted to make you're not allowed to have those what what uh, resources did you kind of, you and your family hire to help you out with those decisions? Um, well, just like my dad obviously played at a high level. So he kind of, he knows a lot of the guys coaching teams and stuff like that. So that really helped, you know, he'd give them a call and just ask like how it fit in and stuff like that. So that really helped. And then at the end of the day, it was like looking for a place where I'm going to play, get that ice time and like, become a better hockey player with skill development. So you definitely like sit down and kind of do a little bit of research for sure. So right now uh, my dad probably helped me the most with that. So one thing Kurtz, uh, you know, being out on the ice with you, uh, you know, you're, you're the type of guy that comes out and looks pretty good in his equipment. I've taken notes. Um, so just for fun, you know, we got a lot of young listeners Kind of want to go through some of your style. Uh, I know a lot of young kids ask me kind of, you know, what does so-and-so wear? You know, what what type of skates do they wear? Mm-hmm. So why don't we go through a little bit of what you use? So let's start with your stick. What type of stick are you using these days? Uh, I'm using the Bauer Flylights these days, 70 Flex, and kind of just a basic, one of those top-end sticks. Yeah. So you always been a Bauer stick guy? No, well, in the MJ, we had to use TCM, so I was a big trigger guy there, and then obviously, like, Bauer, Vapor is, like, kind of the same kick point as the trigger, so. Are you using your dad's curve? No. <laughs> no, no. 
<laughs> it's terrible, terrible curve. Yeah, it's kind of a different curve too. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to replicate those old curves where you had to take a torch to it and put it underneath a door frame or your foot. Yeah, to bend it, you know, or or run under hot water forever. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, so uh, what about uh, what type of skates you in? Uh, I switched over from CCM to the Bauer Vapor Two Xs. I just customized those kind of pimped those out a little bit got them in all black so nice looking fresh yep okay uh are you a, are you a jersey tuck guy uh no i'm not a huge jersey tuck guy i like to just like no tuck i think it looks a lot cleaner you know people can see your numbers and everything like that so what about tongues in your skates are you tongues out or tongues in tongues in i put my shin pads over my tongues yeah the right the right way right that's well, always yeah, good exactly. when you're you're going to be blocking <laughs> shots you might as well uh protect yourself right <laughs> yeah exactly i always wanted to be a tongues out guy but it was just i think i had too big a shin pads to be honest that, with that, you. that's kind of why i started putting them over i used to be a tongues out guy when i was younger but i think i got bigger shin pads and kind of forced me to do it to tuck them yeah so. yeah uh what number are you wearing this year uh 21 this year 21 mm -hmm. is that uh so if you had to choose i mean you're going into a new team so i'm pretty sure obviously you uh you have a selected amount of numbers that you can choose from but if you could choose any number to wear what number are you going to wear my first choice would be 24 24 yeah that's an interesting number how come i don't know i used to wear 17 a lot and i just like Honestly, it was watching video and all that stuff. I just didn't like the way it looked on me. And I kind of made the switch and I thought it looked better on me. So that's the reasoning behind wanting to wear number 24. Yeah. Who were some hockey players uh, that you looked up to when you were younger? Like, who was your favorite hockey player? Uh, probably Crosby, honestly. I know everybody will say that, but just watching him play, how well he does at protecting the puck and his skating ability is just unbelievable. Is that someone you tried to mimic your game after, or was it just someone that you really liked to watch? Um, probably a bit of both. Like I like mimicking, like just his skating aspect and all of that about him, for sure. And then I think another guy that I really like watching is just Braden Point, just how skilled he is with the puck and everything. So Chewy, looking back on on Carter's dad's career. Uh, did you possibly play with him along a long year road? Yeah, I played with him for a very short time uh, down in Texas. Uh, I was playing with the Tillera brothers, and uh, Carter's dad's really good friends with the Tillera brothers. And he came down to Texas, I think the way the story goes, and I, I could be wrong in this, but I think he was waiting uh, for a spot over in Europe. And uh, he wanted us to play uh, some hockey, so he came down to uh, – down the Texas and uh, I was very lucky enough that I was able to get the puck off the wall and he was a, a very good skater and he found those pucks I chipped off the wall and I got a few assists because he knew how to put the pucks in the net. <laughs> so Karts, Karts, would you say that your game's a little bit like your dad's or completely different? Oh, just like talking to all of his buddies and everything. I, it sounds like we were just completely different players. Like <laughs> I feel like I have the skating ability and he kind of had the hands. By the sounds of it. 
Oh, that's a great way to describe him. <laughs> hey, who would, uh, yeah. who would you say has the better shot? I don't know. Um, I'd probably go with him, just like seeing all the amount of goals he scored when he was younger and everything. Well, you know what? The one thing that your dad did really well is he found spots to get open and you would think you had them covered and the stick would be on the ice and then he'd put that puck in the net so quick. <laughs> and then he'd have this have that little cagey little grin on his face when you looked at him. Oh, my God. And, uh, and, yeah. But uh, you shoot the puck pretty good there, Carter. So I think you guys are pretty close. Thank you. Yeah, I'd say uh, it's quite the compliment seeing as how, I mean, I've watched you shoot the puck for many years and there's not too many guys that can get that release in stride quite like you have it uh, dialed in. So it's a pretty nice compliment to your dad. Thank you. <laughs> Big thanks to you guys, though, with all the skill development over the summer, that's for sure. There you go. That's a nice plug for us. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, Karts, we wish you all the luck uh, tomorrow going to Sioux City, and uh, best of luck with your season starting up uh, next week. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, have a good year, man. You too, guys. Perfect. Thanks, Cart. Okay, great interview with Carter there. Uh, you know, he's uh, had a little bit of a whirlwind uh, way with his hockey career here the last little while because of the COVID situation. But it's good to see he's found a home, and I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. Did you say whirlwind or whirlwind? Whirlwind, I think. Is it is it whirlwind? A whirlwind. I don't know. Uh, I'm just questioning. I just, I always thought it was whirlwind. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Um, yes, quite the whirlwind uh, of a season so far. I mean, is you know, this guy's been all over Canada basically since uh, since August, and and now uh, finally he's getting the call and going uh, out to Sioux City tomorrow. So I'm just excited that he gets to finally get back, you know, into that team structure and start working uh, towards playing games again. Uh, so, again, like he said, you know, next year he's hoping to make a big impact with Minnesota Duluth. So, um, exciting times. But, again, these guys got to start playing games already. Yeah, they do for sure. And, you know, a guy, you know, you kind of pay special attention to guys that have come up through our program. You know, we talked about it a lot. You mentioned it a lot in, in, uh, in the interview that – you know, he's one of the original players. He spent a lot of time with our R1 program in the spring and the summers. And you always kind of keep those names close. And you can, when they make their decisions where they're going to school or where they're going to play, you always seem to find a way to, to keep an extra look on them. And, uh, you know, we wish him all the luck and hopefully things work out for him. Yeah, anywhere he's been, he's, uh, he's made it happen and work, right? So uh, I'm sure it'll be the same when he gets to Sioux City. He'll just... Uh, get back to working like usual and getting, uh, you know, some games under his belt. But again, that's what a weird year. Hey, you like, I can't even imagine, you know, training all summer like we did and then having to stop and then having nowhere to really play and just practicing. And we all know, we've talked about it uh, on the podcast before. There's such a difference between your mentality of practice and playing. Oh. You can only, you know, you can only practice so hard and, and, and play against your buddies over and over and over again before it becomes a little redundant. So I'm sure uh, nobody's happier than uh, Carter right now. Yeah, for sure. Both me and you have been in the situation, whether it's prep for playoffs or prep for the beginning of a season where, you know, going up and against the same board or the same defenseman, 
you know, you, you push each other. There's always a saying you, your teammates are going to push to make you better, but there always comes that point in time when you just get a little sick and tired of, of going against that same person. And I can only imagine what teams and coaches are going through right now. I give so much credit to coaches right now. They're still every day going to the rink, trying to make their team better and finding ways to do it, being creative. And it's a different situation, like you say, but I just hope everything kind of gets a little bit more of a clear picture. And these guys, like you say, can start playing the game. So what do we got for the rest of the day too? Uh, I don't really know. Maybe uh, I got a, a hockey net for Nick. I'm going to try and put together in a garage. So that should be a little bit of an adventure. That sounds like another Clark W. Griswold uh, episode coming up. Yeah, I, I might be like uh, thrown around a net and like be tangled in it and stuck. And But hopefully I get it done. It says easy setup on it. So we'll see. Whenever something says easy on the box, for me at least, never. <laughs> <laughs> it's never easy you know or if it says oh it's just a, it's a quick three steps those steps are the biggest steps in the world i find yeah. well, what about what what about you what do you got going on uh i have a team practice coming up uh that i do a zoom call with me and andy zeliniak are zooming with a dolphin team so uh we did one with them last week which was pretty uh pretty fun we did some shooting and stuff like that so we're back with them tonight, and uh, that's about it. Do you, do you actually blow the whistle? Like, do you blow the whistle to start practice? You should do that. Bring a whistle and start the beginning of practice. No, but when I start my Zoom, I usually I start um, mouthing like I'm talking, but I don't say anything. <laughs> and then I get everybody on the other side of the Zoom call to freak out like I'm on mute, and everyone's like, you're on mute. You're on mute. And then I just say, oh, I'm just joking. I just want to see if you guys were watching. That's a good way. So, yeah. Well, I hope you have the best of luck putting together uh, the net for Nicholas, and uh, we'll chat uh, maybe next week. Yeah, good luck with your practice, man. Thanks, buddy. Have a good one. Take care.